Welcome to this episode of Real Christianity. My name is Dale Partridge, where each week I offer 15 to 20 minute answers to tough theological and pastoral questions. This show is a 100% listener-supported audio ministry of Relearn.org. And for those who don't know, our mission at Relearn.org is to bring the church back to the Bible. For bold daily encouragements, just join the over 500,000 Christians who follow us on social media by searching for Relearn.org on any platform. Okay, have you guys heard about the Hebrew Roots Movement? Have you heard about uh, these Christians who adopt practices from the uh, Torah, the Old Testament, like keeping Sabbaths or feasts or dietary laws, and they demand that Jesus should be called Yeshua and that God should be called Yahweh? Uh, some of you might know these people as Messianic Christians, but there's a new growing movement of people holding to this Jewish-centered theology. But the question we have today is, is that biblical? And better yet, is it Christian? Well, stay tuned because that's what we're going to be discussing and more. But before we begin, I just wanted to make one quick announcement. We are closing in quick on the 2020 year. I just released a video talking about what uh, our ministry has accomplished in 2020 and our plans and needs, our financial needs for 2021. You can watch that on our Instagram account. We also sent it via email. Uh, guys, we need your help for the first quarter of 2021. We have several financial needs, some hires that we need to make, some products that we want to produce that are all supporting a gospel-centered theology and bringing the church back to the authority of Scripture, but we need your help. And a donation of any amount helps. We're trying to raise $20,000 in the month of December. Today, we already raised $5,000. Now, you might be thinking, oh, wow, well, that means that you'll probably totally hit it by the end of the month. Uh, easier said than done. Uh, all the people that were really willing to give have probably already given today. And so the next 15000 will be much harder to, um, to bring in. So, Lord willing, we are praying for faithful saints who are convicted on supporting our work. Now, I'm not saying that you need to stop giving to your church. You should be giving to your church as well. But if you feel led to support our work, uh, planting house churches, straightening out theology, putting out biblical, gospel-centered, bold content out on the internet, we would love your support. It would mean the world to us. We promise that we will be faithful with whatever you give. And again, any doma donation, um, uh, every donation, every donation matters is what I'm trying to say there. And this is a complete 100% tax deductible donation. And you can give that at relearn.org forward slash donate. Again, that's relearn.org forward slash donate. Okay, today's question is from Casey from Twin Peaks, California. And he asks, Pastor Dale, over the last year, I have had two friends join what they call the Hebrew Roots Movement. I feel very unsettled with their interpretation of the scriptures, especially the New Testament scriptures in light of their interpretation of the Old Testament scriptures. But I don't feel fully equipped to disprove their doctrines. Would you be willing to shed some light on this movement and offer some insights for defending biblical Christianity against these false teachings? Okay, a great question, Casey. I've actually had a lot of people ask me to do a show on this topic, so you're in good company. Uh, this is a major topic that deserves far more uh, discourse 
and study than what I can offer you here. But I do believe uh, I, I can at least bring an explanation of what it is and some great resources that I'll leave at the end of this episode uh, for you to do further study and research. So first, uh, what is the Hebrew Roots Movement? Uh, It's a group uh, with several factions or sects, right? S-E-C-T-S, right? Where some of of them are more extreme than others. Uh, You might be familiar with the Messianic Jews, which is a part of this group. But the general defining characteristic of these people is that they believe you should follow the law of Moses, the Torah, to the best of of your ability. So um, that means that uh, keeping Sabbaths and feasts and dietary laws and potentially cleansings, etc. And some people in this group believe that you can't be saved without obedience to the law, while others in the group believe that you can. Some reject the authority of the apostolic writings of the apostles, but some don't. Um, Some even reject Jesus as God, uh, while others in the group don't. And so they don't have a statement of faith or a collection of doctrine. So I know that I'm throwing many groups of people into one category. Uh, But again, the uh, the thread between all of these groups and the unity between them all is basically obey the Torah. Um, and, and, and this is, this is the, 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 the root issue, no pun intended, with this movement. And so I can absolutely say from my research so far as we get into this uh, that the Hebrew Roots movement is a cult. Now, I know that's a strong word. What is a cult? Uh, a cult is any group founded upon the Christian religion or the Judeo-Christian view who diverts from the biblical, historical, and evangelical doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, for example, a Lutheran and a a Baptist expression of church, those are denominations, not cults. They both believe in the core tenets of the historical Christian gospel, uh, that mankind is saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. They, They both agree there. Now, the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons are a cult. They do not believe that you're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. They also have several other perversions of a variety of other core Christian doctrine that are detached from both uh, sound interpretation and church history. Uh, The Hebrew Roots Movement uh, acts just like a cult as well. So this is why I put it in this category. Uh, There are a group of people who really claim that the current church is corrupt, the scriptures, the pastorate, and the seminaries have all been blinded and lured uh, by the doctrines of men, and that they have found, quote, the real way uh, that God wants us to live. Again, it's the same heretical foundation that the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons were built upon, this idea of corrupt scripture, this idea that of a need for a new way. Um, and, and when you know church history, you quickly learn that Satan only has a few ways to decorate a lie. And so you start to see that, wow, this is the same pattern of all the other cults that have been produced and spun off of Christianity over the years. Now, it's important to note that the majority of these people, at least from what I'm researching, and I've done a significant amount of research here, 
Um, these people don't call themselves Christians. They call themselves Hebrews. In fact, they consider themselves missionaries to the Christian church. So, so don't view this group as people who have a slightly different view of God and the gospel. Uh, this is not a Christian denomination. This is a cult. And that, that's a really critical uh, statement to just start with. Now, I know there's some people that are not as extreme, but I'm dealing with the people that will identify with the Hebrew roots movement. Now, most people who leave the church for the Hebrew roots movement leave as a reaction to what I think are the valid weaknesses of the modern expression of the church. Uh, people are tired of reading about the closeness and intimacy and connectedness of Christians in their Bible and then not experiencing that type of closeness in their own Christian life. And additionally, I think that more and more Christians are sensing the shallowness of infotainment Christianity or audience Christianity, and they're tired of the, you know, the superficiality of it all. And so as a result... The, this is what they do. They, they run from the, the modern expression of the church to something that has more historical roots or historical weight. And they, they, they end up putting their trust in this uh, sense of tradition and ancient paths. And this is why you see many people leaving the mega churches for Catholicism or Eastern Orthodoxy or this Hebrew roots movement. Um, and this, this, I am going to say one thing is that I've noticed several times from the testimonies of people that are in the Hebrew Roots movement, uh, they, they pray, meaning they P-R-E-Y, they pray on these weaknesses of the current modern expression of the church. They, they say things like, uh, if, if you're feeling like there's something more to your Christian experience, we understand, right? They, they kind of appeal to this bankruptcy that's currently in the institutional or the traditional expression of church, and I should say in the modern expression of church. Or they'll say things like, does something not feel right at your church? Do you wish that there was more for you and more for God's people? Well, there is, right? Like that's their angle. And so ultimately they target people who are emotionally unsatisfied and relationally deficient uh, in the church. And instead of telling them that they need to go find a more biblical and healthy church, uh, they say, you know, the modern church is lost, uh, but we have found the way. Um, come, let, let us show you. Let us show you. Come with us and let's show you what we found. We have to go back to the ancient ways. And it's very, very deceptive. And this is, this is definitely a tactic they use. I've watched several videos on YouTube of people that are a part of this. And that's the general undertone of how they express and evangelize. Um, and so th this is also why the modern extra-biblical expression of church should frustrate you. Okay, these, again, conference-style rock band coffee shop churches generate a spiritual territory that leaves the flock vulnerable uh, to these heretical movements. And these movements, um, they, they, they take the valid weaknesses of the church, again, like the intimacy between the brethren or a low reverence for God or our sad state for biblical literacy, and they say, hey, get out of the kiddie pool and come over here to the ocean. You guys are missing it over there. You know, uh, we, we've recovered the true faith. Come and join us, right? This is, this is what they do. And the problem is 
that their interpretation of the, quote, true faith is detached from church history. It's detached from theological history, and it stands in direct oppositions, uh, I should say opposition, of the teaching of the apostles. So let me give you a few reasons why I have come to my conclusion. So after watching some videos from uh, 119 Ministries, uh, I watched a documentary called Inside the Hebrew Roots Movement. Uh, I read several articles by their proponents. You quickly start to realize that they hold uh, scripture in hierarchical categories. Okay, what I mean by that is the word, uh, the words of God the Father have the most authority. Um, you know, thus says the Lord has the most authority. The words of Jesus and the prophets kind of hold the next layer of authority, and then the apostles, especially Paul's last, hold the least amount of authority. And additionally, they have kind of this major covenantal confusion going on that leads them to elevate the Old Testament scriptures above the New Testament scriptures, when in reality, the New Testament supersedes the Old Testament. So they have this backwards covenantal confusion. And then lastly, they, they, they really have a limited or uh, uh, just a, a perverted or distorted Trinitarian view of God. They, they would believe in all three persons of the Trinity, but again, they view them in unequal respects, meaning that God the Father is going to have more authority than the Son. So it's not a true historic evangelical definition or interpretation of Trinitarian doctrine. And so let me offer just a brief theological argument against the Hebrew Roots Movement. And again, I wish I could spend a lot more time on this, but hopefully this will at least get you started, be aware of this movement, and understand what's really going on. Um, So first, their instruction to keep the law of Moses, the Torah, not only stands in opposition of the New Testament, but it also undermines the work of Christ. And this is why I have a major problem with it. And this is why I believe that the Hebrew Roots Movement is a cult. They are pushing a Jesus plus model, okay? A Jesus plus gospel. Not a Christ alone gospel, uh, but a Jesus plus works gospel. This is exactly what the Judaizers did in the New Testament um, that was uh, condemned by the apostle. Let me read you Acts 15, 5 through 13. Um, Actually, it might be 6 through 13. Um, It says, but some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, is it nece- or it is necessary to circumcise them that is the gentiles and to order them to keep the law of moses the apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter and after there had been much debate peter stood up and said to them brothers you know that in the early days god made a choice among you that by mouth the gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe and god who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Verse 10, pay attention. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through grace, through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. The Hebrew Roots Movement misses that the purpose of the law 
was to reveal our inability to keep it, to show our uh, absolute condemnation by the law, and to point us toward our need for a Savior to rescue us from the law. Okay, the, the law is a giant arrow that points us toward and prepares us for Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Okay, this is key and this it's, is at the heart of what they don't understand in this movement. I'm going to read you another passage, Galatians 5, 1 through 4. And I'm going to break this down as I'm reading it for you. Uh, verse, uh, verse 1 says, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Well, what has he freed us from? Well, he's freed us from the jurisdiction of the law. That is that we who have faith in Christ are no longer condemned by the law. So he says, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Well, keep standing firm in what? Well, he's saying stand firm in grace and don't go back to the burden of the law. Uh, Verse two, look, I, Paul, tell you that if you have yourselves circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. He's saying, uh, if you believe that you're saved by keeping the law, which included circumcision, uh, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. You would rather, like he's, he's telling these people, are you really serious? You would rather attempt to attain your own righteousness than accept the righteousness of Christ? Verse three says, and I testify again to every man who has himself circumcised, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. He's saying, Paul's saying, if you're going to keep some of it, you better keep all of it. In other words, you better realize that you need to keep all 613 of those laws if you want to be found righteous on judgment day. Uh, Verse four says, uh, you have been, uh, so he's basically summing this up as a result. So he says in verse four, you have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace, end quote. So this is, this is man, I can't tell you how many passages of scripture teach this. Um, so it's just a deceptive movement of people who don't read their Bibles and who don't believe in the authority of scripture. So most importantly, And again, as I said earlier, uh, they have covenantal confusion. They don't understand the grand narrative of Scripture. They don't see that God is is doing something in a whole story, right? With the creation, and then the fall, and then the prophecy, and then the fulfillment, and then redemption, and then promise, and then consummation. They, They don't see this. And they, like uh, the Hebrews in chapter, or like the book of Hebrews explains in chapter 8 through 10, they point out, um, they serve a shadow of the real thing. So imagine, let me just give you an example here. Imagine if you were talking to me in person, but I was behind a wall. Okay, so it's totally acceptable if you can't see me to speak to my shadow because it's all you can see of me at that point. Uh, But what if I came out? out from behind that wall and you still spoke to my shadow. Okay, that's basically what the Hebrew Roots movement is doing. The the Old Testament was the shadow of the things to come, right? There was these promises that were like a shadow of the things to come. The, it was pointing toward and preparing us for Christ. But imagine now that Christ is here and 
we still keep looking back instead of looking forward or looking at Christ who is in front of us. They, what they really don't understand is they don't understand the obsolescence or the impotency of the old covenant. The old covenant has gone away. Hebrews 8.13 says, in speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Okay, Romans 7, 6 says, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which, us, which held us captive, so that we serve in a new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code or the written law. Okay, Romans 8, 1 through 4. You guys, some of you guys know this passage. There is therefore no condemnation for who? For those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from what? From the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, meaning us who believe who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. This is like a summed up argument against the Hebrew roots movement. So if you run into anyone, just point them to Romans 8, 1 through 4. Again, they, they dislike Paul. They discredit Paul. And so they're going to they're gonna probably just uh, slide that away. But that is absolutely the core doctrine that refutes this entire movement. So the ultimate message of the Hebrew roots movement uh, that they can't understand, I should say, is that we have freedom in Christ. Uh, because we were condemned by the law, we were condemned by the law, Christ fulfilled the demands of the law for us. And he offers us freedom now from the law by imputing to us or giving us his righteousness by faith. Okay, that, that's, that is the gospel. And this is, what, this, is, this is what makes the gospel so great. The bad news is that without Christ, you're condemned by the law. Uh, and this should cause anyone eternal fear of God. Okay, but the good news, the gospel, the good news is that Christ fulfilled the law. And by putting your trust in him alone, not him plus not eating pork, not him plus um, keeping the Sabbath, not him plus keeping the feasts, when you realize that your works add nothing to your security or to your ability or to your, 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 um, your, your ability to, to keep or earn your salvation, you can rest fully in the grace of God. You can rest and trust in Christ alone to earn that righteous verdict for you on judgment day. It's not about what you do. It's about what's already been done. Okay. That, that is the gospel message. And again, stands in opposition to this movement. Now I want to put a caveat here just because we're under grace. It doesn't mean that we don't obey. Now I'm not talking about obeying the 613 ceremonial laws of the old Testament. Uh, I'm talking about obedience according to new covenant thinking. Uh, this is, you know, Jesus wraps up what is the first and greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, right? Uh, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. 
But again, this obedience, we do it from love and gratitude for the salvation that is given to us by grace. We don't obey from fear and law. And this group, the Hebrew Roots Movement, they absolutely, they, they obey from fear and from law. So they're not experiencing the gospel of grace. They're having the yoke of bondage that's still on them, and they're trying to put it on other people. And so uh, I'll give you another thing. I can sin and grace will abound. That's what the scriptures teach. But as Paul says, should I keep on sinning that grace may abound? Certainly not. Meaning don't sin just because you can, but you can. And it doesn't change your salvation because you're not standing on your righteousness to get into heaven. You're standing on the righteousness of Christ. It has nothing to do with your obedience. Your obedience doesn't save you. Your obedience is the fruit of the good root. And the good root is Christ. Okay, so someone who is saved will be obedient, but even if you fail in your obedience, it has nothing to do and it will not affect your salvation. Your salvation is secure on the work of Christ, not on the work of man. Okay, so this is, this is core. Again, this is the, def- the defense against this is just the gospel. So I'm gonna close just with this. The saddest part of this movement is that these people have no rest. Now, they might be deceived and not understand that what I'm saying here, but they don't. They don't have rest. They don't have true eternal joy. Like the joy that I have knowing that I'm saved forever because I'm saved by the righteousness of Christ that'll never not be righteous and that I've imputed, I've been imputed his righteousness by faith and that faith I've been chosen before the foundation of the world and that faith's not gonna be taken away from me because Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of my faith. Like the joy that comes from that, that I have eternal, eternal salvation, that I have eternal life, that's promised to me. How can you promise eternal life if it's not eternal, if you can lose it? No, I have eternal life. That's, that's the gift that's been given to me. I have joy because of that. These people in the Hebrew Roots Movement don't have that. They don't have any peace either. They don't have, they're, they're still under the wrath and the bondage of God because the only way, Jesus says, um, that the only way to the Father is, is through him. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father is through me, right? This, this idea is that we need to realize that it is Christ alone who sets us free, who saves us, who offers us that eternal security. And so they have, uh, they have really adopted a belief that if they work hard enough, they might be saved. They are deceived. Uh, they have rejected grace and they are living under the weight of the law. I'm going to close with Romans 1.16 that says, The gospel is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Okay, it's not believes plus anything else. It's for everyone who believes. Everyone who who exercises a saving faith and Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. It's not about what you do, as I said earlier. It's about what's already been done. We get to rest in Christ. So, Hopefully that was helpful uh, in breaking this down. Man, there are so many good resources out there. I'm going to give you two that I think were very helpful for me. 
um, that you can find on the uh, the episode post page, or I should say the post page for this episode. This is episode, what is it, 122, um, titled Disproving the Hebrew Roots Movement. Okay, there's an article that I read on Answers in Genesis. It's pretty long, uh, but it's called uh, it's titled Dangers of the Hebrew Roots Movement by Tim Chafee. Uh, I will link that uh, on the post page as well. And there's a video. It's kind of like a documentary video. It's titled Hebrew Roots Movement Exposed by Former Members. Uh, man, it was it's like 20 minutes long. It was really good, and it really exposed and shows how they are absolutely committed to a faith plus works salvation. Um, it's it's really quite sad. So those two resources will be there. There are some other things out there that that I referenced um, or that I might list on the website for you as well. Um, as for uh, listeners of the show, thank you guys. Your listenership and your loyal listenership has just meant so much to us. If you guys haven't yet, would you consider tapping the stars in the podcast app? You don't even need to write a review, but just tap the stars. But if you do write a review, I will read it, and they are very encouraging to me. Um, also, if you don't follow us already on Instagram, just look for relearn.org on Instagram, and you could find us there. We're on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. If you want to go to at Dale Partridge on Twitter, I try to get something out at least a couple times a day. Hopefully this was helpful and edifying for you guys. My name is Dale Partridge, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Christianity. If you're a regular listener to this show, would you prayerfully consider making a donation to support our ministry efforts? Simply visit relearn.org forward slash donate. Again, that's relearn.org forward slash donate. And for those looking to explore the idea of joining or planting a church in your home, you can download our free PDF ebook titled The Basics of Biblical House Church by visiting relearn.org forward slash house. Lastly, do you have a theological question you would like answered on the show? Submit your question at relearn.org forward slash question. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. We will see you next Wednesday.